Yes, yeah, so, so weather was weather was a talking point. Always is, isn't it? The Australian Open. It's true, actually. But you know what? Genuinely, heat is not as big of a problem as humidity because I mean, within reason. Okay, now that we have play, does get suspended when it gets dangerously hot. It isn't actually heat is not the thing that I think tennis players struggle with the most. It's more the humidity, just being able to hold your racket. You've got to try and dry out your hands. You spend ages at your towel. Your clothes get obviously stuck to you. You need to get changed. And, you know, it's very difficult for women to get out of a very like a soaking wet sports bra in a very short period of time. It's really (laughs) tough, actually. If you want to like run off the court and change head to toe, it can actually take a while. And when you have wet clothes, that's when you get blisters on your feet, when your socks are soaking. Also, the amount of sweat that just pools in your shoes. So your shoes become very heavy. So there's so much that happens with humidity that is far worse than it just being hot. Honestly, I I think that actually getting in and out of sports bras should. I'm surprised it's not become like a niche sport. You know how they have like food, like like speed eating competitions and and that sort of thing. It's like that. How many sports bras can you get on and off? Especially wet ones. It's impossible. I'm not that flexible. Like I'm not. This is this is for kind of an altogether different channel. I'm not sure if someone went forward and said, I want to pitch an idea after a certain time on a kind of channel that maybe you have to pay for a subscription or something. I'm not sure that if you pitch the idea that there's a few things that's that like alarm bells that ring in your in your sport. Well, I've just I've just heard the alarm bells on a slight delay. I didn't actually register the fact that you would be semi-naked for a large chunk of the time that you were doing <laughs> taking part of this sport and in your sport you're putting them on and off <laughs> so it's not even it's not even <laughs> it's not even time you I don't know to take one off it's like how many can you take on and off <laughs> how did I not realize that you were gonna have to be like semi-naked <laughs> how am I the jet-lagged one yeah I'm having to tell you the massive holes in your proposal so we had a, a tweet from Priscilla saying and this is brilliant because it was it was two tweets so the first tweet said <laughs> why do some players seem to sniff their fingers a little bit after after you look on your face after <laughs> i just pulled a face after, after a point ends notices that shapovalov does it a lot and then the follow-up tweet was well they sort of blow on their fingers which is very uh, different to sniffing right. their fingers to blowing on their fingers i was thinking you might have been meaning that <laughs> Because I don't think sniffing fingers is a thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> all the way I've ever noticed. I mean, look, they have some weird ticks, but... Well, hang on, they're sniffing balls. We did a whole podcast on Dominika Sibulkova who could tell one make of ball for another by sniffing them. Yeah, oh, people sniff balls. Yeah, if they open a new can for practice, people sniff balls. So, we, okay, so sniffing balls, not sniffing <laughs> fingers. Um, so, so the, que- <laughs> the question... I love that sniffing fingers is weirder than sniffing balls. <laughs> It's like, of course everybody sniffs balls. Why would you sniff fingers? Well, it depends what balls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing in the context of this conversation. Um, So so the question there would be, why would they blow on their fingers? Oh, that's just because of the sweat on the hand. They're just trying to dry it. So a bit of air movement (laughs) helps with that, really. Uh, But that's, that's all they're doing. The more you blow on it, the drier it feels for about a second. Uh, then it starts sweating again. So it's just helpful when you grip the racket. Um, so if you've, yeah, if you kind of have the racket out of your hands, then the sweat from the back of your hand will run onto the palm of your hand, make it damp and slippery. 
So before each point, you kind of have to just blow a little bit to get a bit of a better grip. You don't need to sniff them. Don't sniff them. I feel really bad. Priscilla, have you been playing tennis and been sniffing your fingers, <laughs> thinking that this is the way for you to improve your game? <laughs> because I hate to break it to you. I don't believe your forehand's going to be any better. <laughs> It was interesting that someone I wanted to talk about last week, who we've spoken about before, but then we we ran out of time, was Sophia Kennan. And I, I was going to say to you, I don't think she's received the recognition she should have done after the year she's had. And then the last few years, she's been named Player of the Year. <laughs> so it feels, it feels a little weird, me wanting to talk about this. And she was breakthrough player last year. But, and I know COVID really cut the season in two and it changed a lot of things but I just feel until the last few days when she won the award that we hadn't really been talking about or recognizing her enough for just what she's achieved this year. No and I, I think that's fair and I think that is something that will uh, be a common theme through the Kenin career I'm afraid and it's again I just think it's this sort of combination of of stuff She's definitely changed a lot, I think, in terms of maturity. We were talking about that in, in terms of her behaviour on the court. But, I mean, you've just sort of got to... I don't know, you've just sort of got to get over it. Like, everybody's different. We like a bit. Of, she likes a bit of drama and she likes a bit of a strop and that's fine. So do you think people haven't warmed to her enough and maybe that's why, even throughout her career, it will go up and down in terms of the recognition she gets and people talking about her yes uh, but I also think that she takes on that role herself I mean she's talked a lot about how she was completely underestimated throughout her entire childhood she was never the one she was always having to scrap and to fight and 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 to try and catch up and to try and prove herself and I think that she just has kind of slotted into that role as the underdog and she doesn't care what people think. And she, do you know what I mean? She's just sort of like, I'm going to let my tennis do the talking. I'm going to beat these people. That's, that's how I'm going to do it. Um, and, you know, she does just seem like a really lovely person off the court. Like for, for, for sure she does. But, you know, it's, um, you know, her game style is, is different. Her approach is different. Her athleticism is different. Her game is also quite difficult to understand, I think. For, from what point, what, what would you mean? From what point of view? Well, as in, if, if, you, if you look at her move on the court, she just doesn't seem particularly athletic. I mean, if you just just to, to say that she is a you know, Grand Slam champion, but her level of coordination is extraordinarily high. I mean, it, you know, it, it's all about her. It's her as an individual. She has just willed herself. She's willed her game to a to a, such a high level. Um, and as I say, it's just a little more complicated to unpick. If you have somebody like a Petra Kvitova go out on the court and you've never seen her play before and somebody said to you she's won a grand slam you'd be like sure she boshes the ball around it's a very simple game style it's a very easy to understand she's a lovely person she goes out there and she just boshes the ball around and she either hits through you or she doesn't and lots of people love it I'm a massive fan we all know I love a bit of power play (laughs) that's my favorite right and I will sign up for that any day and I love it and she's very popular but it's very easy to grab hold of I think for fans as well it's very easy to like her it's very easy to like her game it's very easy to understand what she's going to do because also you've got to remember if people are actual fans when their player loses they need to try and sort of digest it like why did they lose what why did this happen you know it's kind of it it hurts them they need to figure it out and I just think that Kenan it's quite difficult to work her out in her game style and that's what's worked wonders for her in terms of it's tough for her opponents to work her out as well you never quite know where you stand with her emotions on the court 
I mean, it just it, the, <laughs> just the flick of a switch, and suddenly you go, "Whoa, okay, where did that come from?" But it doesn't affect her game at all. She then just plays the next point as if nothing had happened, even though you know, she'd been stamping her foot or whatever had been going on. And you know, it, it and also with her game, you know, there's when you actually look at her game, there are some beautiful shots in there. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely exquisite, particularly the way she takes the ball down the line. It's extraordinary, but so much of it's in the coordination. It's not sort of, you know, fancy technique. It's not this incredible athleticism. Uh, do you know what I mean? It just, yeah, her, yeah. she doesn't fall into a box that you can go, that's what I like. Uh, and I think she's just a little bit difficult for people to digest. But I think she likes it that way. As I say, she's always been like that. The coaches, when she was young, they never thought she was going to be any good. So they clearly couldn't figure her out either because otherwise you would spot it. Whereas a young Kvitova, you look at her and you go, do you know what? If all this goes in one day, you're onto a winner. <laughs> now, speaking to Mark Woodford, Australian tennis legend, who is slightly disturbed because at, um, at Melbourne Park... Around Garden Square in the centre, they have lots of busts, busts of legends of the Australian game. Oh, right. What are they made out of? Marble? Bronze? They have a marble bust. Papier-mâché? <laughs> Good in this weather, wouldn't they? <laughs> Tomorrow morning, Mark, where's your bust gone? <laughs> They've all melted. They're all a bit soggy. Um, so his bronze bust um, has moved. We were doing a little intro piece for him for the radio today. And let's, we said, we're going to meet by your bust. And he went to the wrong place because he's, he's been moved. So his, his bust is... And not only has Mark Woodford's bust been moved, A. B, it doesn't completely look like Mark Woodford. C, the plaque with the details are wrong. So was this just somebody <laughs> else's bust that they just thought... It looks close enough to Mark. We'll just change a couple of numbers. Well, they gave him an extra Grand Slam title, which I said he shouldn't complain at that. Just take it, right? 18 instead which of 17. One? They gave him an extra mixed doubles title. Oh, fab. So I said, look, take it. But his Davis Cup years were 1998 to 2000. Oh, <laughs> um, he said... That's wrong. He, he said, what did they do with the other 10? <laughs> <laughs> so he was and I said Mark I'm glad you're dealing with this well and then at some point it was we were just chatting and there was a gentleman an old gentleman taking a photo of Mark's bust as Why it were are you calling everybody old no this guy was old I just he was <laughs> I was <laughs> the guy next to me in the plane had had a magnifying glass the size of a small country he was old the guy taking the photo of, of Mark Woodford's bust was old because he had to take the glass off, look forward. He wasn't sure he was looking at. So anyway, so he's leaning forward with his phone to take the photo. Meanwhile, Woody is saying, it's not a very good likeness. Uh, they've got the stats wrong. And then this old man told Mark to get out the way. Oh, no. <laughs> of his own bust. And so I said, so Mark's sort of doing all this chat. This guy was like, out the way, please. And I said, I said, no, 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 it's his bust. I said, it's his bust. And then this man looked and he was so embarrassed because there's Mark Woodford with his arm around his bust grinning. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm not having it. I don't think this is his bust. If it's got the wrong it dates, is his bust. the wrong titles, it doesn't look anything like him. The only thing that is consistent with it being Mark's bust is the name, which they could have easily got wrong. Do you know what? He, that it was funny, though, that he said was quite funny. There's a bust of Pat Rafter. Now, the legend of the Australian game. Uh, and Mark Woodford said it looks like Conchita Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, I think we all understand that sculpting is hard. Okay, it's very difficult to get a likeness in bronze. If anyone out there wants to practice the ball toss, best thing, well, you kind of have to have a netball <laughs> netball goal nearby. Oh dear. <laughs> No, sorry, I realise that's maybe not as easy Do you as, know anybody uh, that has a netball post in their back garden? Well, yes. Now, this is the thing is that most of the girls that I coach um, would, you know, a lot of them have a netball post at home. And anyway, you throw really? them up and down through the Who has post. a netball post in their back garden? I don't know. A lot of people. I had one when I was younger. I used to play netball at school. I was in the team. Never had a netball post at home. Well, maybe it would have been better if you had a netball post. All right. <laughs> People with drive have a netball so, post. All right. Um, so or basketball you, works too for our Americans. So if you have a netball, so what are you, sorry, what are you doing with a netball post in your back garden? You just stand underneath it and you, you toss the ball so that it goes up through the hoop and back down through the hoop so that you keep it straight. Because that's the hardest thing to learn is how to keep a ball toss straight. Once you can keep it straight, then oh, you can put it where you want. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's quite a good. Do you want it to go straight up, straight down? That's quite useful too. The other way, the one, to, the way that you normally do it, obviously, if you don't have a hoop, um, with uh, kids and and um, well, with anyone learning really, is you put a little circle on the floor, so you can do that with a hoop. So if if you're working with sort of five year old, six year old, you do it with a hoop, so you, they have to throw the ball straight up, and it's got to land in the hoop uh, underneath them, and then you can make it a smaller target if they're a bit older. But it's definitely much more beneficial if you're kind of a performance player and you're older to try and do it on a basketball hoop or a netball hoop because it's about what happens at the top of the bounce. Uh, sorry, the top of the toss and that it doesn't move there because that's where you're wanting it to kind of stay straight. That is a very useful tip. Oh, thank you very much. Well, unless, but also, you know, use common sense. If you're hitting a kick serve, this is irrelevant. So just a normal first serve ball toss. This is, that's what I we're doing think- that's a very useful tip. I was, I was gonna. I think that's. I think I want. I was gonna talk about Federer and Pasta, and playing tennis on a roof, because. Well, if we just jump back to that quickly, because I was just gonna say, if you if you don't have a netball post or a basketball, find a hoop, couple of rooftops. Say you wanted. <laughs> that's a whole another level, but if you wanted to t- say do it with your boys, if you wanted to teach yeah. them with the ball ball yeah. toss, you, if you've got a hula hoop or anything that is remotely round like that. You just yeah. hold it above their heads. So that's what I would do with the little ones. So I'd start off with something on the ground, so they've got to throw it up and it's got to land on something. And then I'd have some sort of hula hoop and I'd just hula. hold it up and they've got to throw it up and down through the through the thing. So you don't have to have a post. I don't think we have a hula hoop or a post. A bucket. Can I use a bucket? No, it's got to have a hole in it. Why do you have to have a hole in it? As long as it's, it's going, go... yeah. But if it's going into the bucket, it's obviously going the right trajectory. Yeah, so... but it's got to it's got to go in through the hoop and down through the hoop without touching anything, without touching the sides. Got to go dead straight. I could cut a hole at the bottom of the bucket, so it's a you, tube. You, if you, yeah, exactly. That's fine. I mean, okay. that's that's tough. I mean, unless you've got a massive bucket, that is tough. Well, I'm not sure how my in laws are going to feel about me hacking up their buckets to put a hole in them to try to practice some ball tossing practice with a couple of five-year-olds uh, honestly it's a really good tip and because ball tossing is really difficult to teach and so i just kind of give this task to the parents and say off you pop do that three times a week that'd be excellent thanks and they what, do the and parents they do it. or the children well the parents what? have to hold the hula hoop oh i thought you were making the parents go and practice ball tossing and yeah. I thought, well, or they've got to video it dedication. for me because i need to see the evidence so you done. actually want me to video this as well no. so 
I, I feel I feel no, I was just I'm on holiday I'm on holiday and I feel like you've just set me a task so yeah okay I'd like to see it okay I'm gonna find a hoop or a bucket and I'll cut a hole in it or something yeah and I'm gonna video them throwing the ball up and then down perfect right yeah is that it absolutely and if you can do okay. that 10 times in a row you should find that you've got a nice consistent ball toss the thing I realized this year and it's quite frightening is that Valentine's Day is alive and well for four-year-olds. Oh, stop. Come on. <laughs> Why are people doing this? <laughs> oh. I have to say, at the, at the age they are, I'm happier currently I have boys. Because one of the twins, when you say, oh, do you, you, know, do you play with any of the girls at school? His answer is straight to the point, And he says, disgusting yeah kind of happens that age doesn't it i was like that's fine you're four uh, the other one's kind of like yeah i play with whoever it doesn't really matter but there's no sort of strong feelings either way they just kind of yeah whatever apart from the other one who's like absolutely not so we're getting towards valentine's day and there are mothers in the playground they're talking about their daughters writing love letters to people to, to boys in their class <laughs> in in years above on the actual valentine's day i saw a mother with a rose and a card being given to her daughter and then I spoke to my friend and she said a mother rang her and these are the exact words and and her son is is five the exact words this woman used to my friend were your son left my daughter at the altar what they were the, they were the exact words your son jilted my daughter this is horrendous <laughs> what is going it's five because <laughs> what actually happened is this girl really, really likes the twins' friend. Follows him around, playground, all sorts of things, which I guess you can do it for whatever, four or five. Um, but she arranged a marriage. This this four-year-old decided she wanted to marry said child. So she arranged some friends. I guess they were like the witnesses to be there. She arranged a time and an event. And obviously, the boy's friend kind of got wind of what was going on and just didn't turn up. Didn't turn up to the, the wedding they did the, <laughs> at school that he didn't know was planned. And as a result of this, the mother rang my friend and said, your son left my daughter at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he had a narrow escape. <laughs> Locked in. <laughs> Locked in forever. <laughs> How can that be a thing? How at the age of four or five are you knowing... About why 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 would you want to marry someone at the age of four or five? I just it's frightening, and I know why people yeah. say they they fear for their children because if at four this kind of conversation is being had, it's 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 remarkable. It's horrendous. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I mean Valentine's Day for four year olds. For four year olds, it's awful. Now you may not be surprised to know that I <laughs> shock. I know what's coming next. <laughs> shockingly I don't celebrate Valentine's Day you don't have a Christmas tree so what you've just said has not come as a shock to me (laughs) I was was hoping you would just be kind of bowled over by it but yeah I feel like people might know enough about me that (laughs) I refuse I'm not like I'm not I'm not anti it. You know, those people do the anti Valentine's Day parties. Uh, for me, that's just really equally as getting involved. I just don't even acknowledge it. I totally forgot about it. Would not even say happy Valentine's Day. If Ben said that to me, he would be losing brownie points quite quickly. Um, I just don't like it. I, I just think the whole thing's horrible. Ugh. I, was, I was just shocked that it happens so young. And there was one mum who went up to another mum 
and said, oh, um, my daughter wants to go out with your son and, and this girl is four and this boy is seven. And I'm thinking there's a serious conversation going on. She considers him her boyfriend. And it, look, it's great to have feelings and, and friends at this age. But, you know, when, when you're actually calling a mother saying your child left mine at the altar, I mean, that's quite a strong word. I feel very sorry for this little girl that she got so mistaken. But what a valuable life lesson to learn at this early stage. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> And I don't know what you're doing for the rest of the day, but do you know what I'm going to be doing? Uh, swimming. I'm going to be playing a game called Hide from the Baguette. Oh. Because <laughs> remember we so talked French. about the, the only positive... The only, no, because normally the French are running towards the baguettes. Right. But remember we spoke about the French Open postponement. Probably the only positive for us is that, especially for me, is I, I, I didn't eat the 50-odd baguettes I probably would eat over yeah. the course of of two or three weeks I've now got that issue again because I'm in France for a, a period of time they're everywhere every corner I go around every time I walk down the street there's just people with armfuls of baguettes yeah. so it's 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 part of my daily routine here is to hide from the baguettes oh I thought you were genuinely <laughs> talking about like a kids game like tag or something what? and in my what head there's a kids game hide from the baguette in my head I had vis- um, visions of somebody walking around with a baguette trying to find everybody like hide and seek and then when you found them you just kind of beat them with the baguette <laughs> oh wow I mean okay firstly what kind of kids game involves beating someone with a baguette well it doesn't and, hurt that much it's fine so, and how stereotypical would it be if there was a game in France called hide from I the baguette I thought you were being serious <laughs> oh, well I am being serious I am genuinely hiding from baguettes because every meal someone waves one at you saying do you want a baguette do you want some bread and of course you do because it's really nice but you're thinking if I do this for the next how, however many weeks it's going to be a disaster you know you, you leave the house and there's people with like three or four tucked under their arm it's it's, it's so no it's it's a game I am look the baguettes don't know I'm playing it but I'm genuinely that's generally part of my daily routine <laughs> sounds sounds intense well it's better than beating someone with a baguette that you'd be doing if you were here well you know mine sounds way more fun yeah okay right on that cheerful note I'm off <laughs> <laughs> quick hide bye <laughs>